Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solody. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin following a very exciting victory over the Atlanta Falcons. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. Paul, at first I got to start by, by apologizing to you. Uh, last week uh, when we previewed the game, you predicted the Dolphins to win by three. I predicted them to get shut out. I actually said I thought you were crazy at one point. And so the Dolphins are. 13-point underdogs here, trailing 17 nothing at the end of the second quarter. You don't know their ass from their elbow out there. And come out in the second half, shut out the Falcons, come all the way back, go on to win this game 20-17. to I mean, what more can you say? The thing I said last week, actually, that, that really rang home for me, anyway, was they, they came out in the second half and threw in the intermediary with occasional deep passing game. And if you look back, I know we've had problems with the offensive line this year. I know we've had problems with the running game. But teams haven't been respecting the pass. They've been throwing eight in the box almost every down. Almost every play they're coming forward because they know Cutler's going to throw the ball within a yard or two of the line of scrimmage. And when once Miami started doing that whole intermediary passing game, once they threw a couple of balls deep there at the start of the second half, it opened up the entire offense. It opened holes for Jay Ajayi because now the defenses were forced to be honest. It opened everything in the passing game because now it wasn't just everything that happens is within five yards of the line of scrimmage. It was we have to play the whole field. So I think that really just added that dimension to the offense. And one thing that I really want to point at here, and I know this is going to be the thing a few people hate when I say it, that offensive line also looked a hell of a lot better with Jake Brendel in there than Mike Pouncey, which I can't believe I'm saying. I know I was a big Brendel fan coming into the season, but it looked better. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I mean, and to go along with your points there, yeah, when they started throwing the ball deep, which what we've been begging for here for weeks now, it did open things up. One other subtle change that they did in the fourth quarter, or actually third, third quarter, fourth quarter, is when they started doing these fake, when they started doing these end arounds to Jarvis Landry, that started opening things up more too. Even the, or these end arounds and these fake end arounds, just something as subtle as that allows the Dolphins to not be playing in this little box all the time. So, Paul, it, now things get a little bit fun because the, the Dolphins are, are three and two. I did not expect them to be here after the one and two start, but now next next week you've got the Jets at home and at Baltimore on Thursday night, and then a primetime game against now what looks to be a very beatable Raiders team in Miami. What looked like a disaster season after three games could potentially be a 5-3 and three or 6-2 and two start if the Dolphins can continue to play, to get some offense to go with the suddenly dominant defense. 
Did I just hear optimism from you about the Dolphins' season at this point? Yeah. I, I just want to. Now, now that you beat the Falcons, you betcha. You betcha. Guys, I, this is the first time I've come on the show really excited about the team. I mean, it, it's been, it was bad news after bad news. The first week, you know, I thought the Chargers game could have gone either way. The next two weeks were embarrassing. And then the Titans, uh, I felt like a man, it's beating a Matt Castle at Titans team 16 to 10 was almost a loss. So then they come and then they pull this out of their butt. So <laughs> dominant, dominant performance here in the second half. Yeah, my, Miami definitely needs to build off of what they did in the second half here. They need to build off of what they did in the Titans game because that really allowed the team to, to do a lot more by, by doing those things. So if they're able to build off of that, if they're able to take a little bit of that magic that they've found recently, they could really go a long way this season. And, and I've got to say, as much as I do like Byron Maxwell, despite the fact that he screwed his coverages up and despite what he was told to do, Cordrea Tankersley has been nothing short of amazing. This kid that was supposed to need a year to develop, we saw flashes of in the preseason. I've got to just say real quick here, this kid might be the best corner on this team. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, to hold the Julio Jones to, you know, a meager six catches for 72 yards, it didn't let him get over the top. Very impressive. But yeah, Tankersley, I mean, I, I believe, I mean, hey, Heck of a play of Rashad Jones to be around the ball, which he always is. But Tankersley made that last play to sow the Dolphins' victory there. And I, I don't recall hardly any passes being caught off him. So, I mean, you've got, you've got a special guy. And to even go a step further real quick before getting into the grades, if you look at this draft class, Davin Gottschall Vincent Taylor at D-tackle, Charles Harris at D-end, Tankersley at cornerback, and then you still got Raekwon McMillan coming back next year at 21 years old at linebacker. You're be talking about five starting long-term defensive players, probably probably four, maybe five. But if you do that, now you're playing really with with house money because they're getting paid on rookie contracts. We'll keep an eye on that as the year progresses. Paul, let's get to the grades here. Cornerback, you know, it definitely wasn't all good for the Miami Dolphins here. Especially on offense. I mean, I, I cannot tell you the things I was cursing Jay Cutler here at the end of the first half. So it wasn't all good. 64 yards passing in the first half with an interception. But kudos to him for coming back in the second half on the road against a tough defense, not turning the ball over, throwing two touchdowns, one to Stills and one to Landry. I'm going to start out here with the quarterback spot. You know, I, I felt like one interception very easily could have been four. This is a game where typically I'd probably give him about a C minus for his overall performance. I'm going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to, I'm going to raise it to a C plus. I'm actually right there with you on the C plus. If we were grading just on the first app, first half, it was flat out an F. I remember I put out on Twitter, I'd even take Lauren Tannehill at quarterback over him at that point, as well as I'd finally <laughs> given up and said, you know what, let's just put Matt Moore in the game. But really – he showed a lot of toughness and grit in the second half. He stood in that pocket at times when he wasn't doing it previously this season and really got the job done here. And one fun fact, too, is I know Jay Cutler has never come back from a 17-point deficit in his career, so kudos to him for finally getting that monkey off his back. But, no, for me, easily a C plus. Let's go with the running back spot. What more can you say about Jay Ajayi? I, I always have to point out the stat every week that Ajayi – has so many yards after contact. 96 of them came after contact in this game over a 130-yard performance from him. Just like that, 
Jay Ajayi is right on pace to be a Pro Bowl running back. So looking at him and looking at the rest of the running game, uh, you know, Damian Williams got involved. He made a couple of key catches. One was a huge one on fourth and one where they put him out on the field instead of Ajayi, which I didn't care for at the beginning. But this is a nice Swiss Army knife. Uh, there in the backfield. I, I hope we can get Kenyon Drake a little bit more involved, but Jay Ajayi, very dominant performance here and has really, to me, taken the team on his back in the fourth quarter the last two games. Have no choice but to give him an A. I'm really glad you pointed out Damian Williams receiving um, yardage. It, it wasn't huge. I mean, it was, what, three for 14, but they were all critical catches. And one of the things that I know we've talked about a lot this season was Gase was not getting some of those role players involved in the roles that really helped this team be successful. It was great seeing Damian Williams get to do that this week, as well as everything that JGI did that you just pointed out. And for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be right there with you yet again with the A. How about the receivers and tight ends? I mean, it was kind of an up and down day for them. Overall, I think there were about five or six drops for the second week in a row. So some troubles hanging onto the ball. I don't know if it's necessarily them or the timing with Jay Cutler. They they made some clutch plays, though. How do you grade the wide receiver tight end units? For me, I, I really, like, it, it was amazing to me after the game to find out Stills only had four catches. It felt like he had about 15 in this game. So I was pretty shocked when I saw that just because it, it felt like every two seconds this guy was making a catch, making a big catch, making a critical catch, even though he had finished with four for 49. And Jarvis probably had easily his best receiving game of the year in this game. I know this was a unit that was supposed to be down with Devontae Parker missing the game, but they really answered the call. And yeah, the first half was was just abysmal all around on offense. I'm kind of deleting that a little bit from memory. Unfortunately, I can't delete it from my grades here. And the fact that the tight ends continue to be a minimal, if negligent, impact on this game. For me, I've got to go with a B minus, and that's pulled down a little bit by the tight ends and the drops that we had in this game. For those reasons, I'm going to say C plus. Um, Jarvis Landry definitely made 62 yards look good. I mean, there was a lot of clutch catches. His biggest one on on the uh, fake end around, and then he was wide open in the slot. Really sold that route. Also, too, to give the Dolphins put the Dolphins in field goal range to go up 20 to 17, made a dynamic catch where he got crushed. But, yeah, when I look at the the unit overall, six drops, five last week. I think that has more to do with the timing with Jay Cutler at this time. But, yeah, that's still too many. Kenny Stills did have have some clutch catches. Jakeem Grant, even though the stat line only says one catch for four yards, it was a huge play that he made in the game where they threw the ball deep to him. It was a 30-yard penalty uh, on a third and eight on that drive where the Dolphins go up 17-14 to on that drive. So hopefully Grant, they they can continue to slip him out there for one or two long passes like that again because he could really be that secret weapon. So overall, um, I'm going to go with a C plus. The offensive line, man, oh man, I mean, no sacks allowed, very few pressures, which made it even more infuriating to watch Jay Cutler in the first half because I I felt he was getting protected really well and it, he was playing as if he wasn't, but. Yeah, the the big storyline is, like you said, Jake Brendel substitutes in for Mike Pouncey and arguably does a better job. I mean, Jake Brendel, every time he's gotten the opportunity, he's really answered the call. But Laramie Tunzel continues to get better and better. Juwan James has allowed one pressure in two games 
to Joey Bosa and Vic Beasley. I mean, you need to re-sign this guy right now, even though he had a stupid time. But to me, the offensive line, we're going to go with an A-. minus. Now, uh, one thing I want to talk about here, I'm, I'm, I'm actually right in the A-, minus B plus range for the offensive line. But the one thing you just pointed out there, I, I know some folks think it was a stupid penalty on Juwan James's part. I do not have an issue with it. I don't like late hits. I don't like dirty hits. It was right at the whistle. It was somebody that was pulling at Landry, and Juwan came in and, and, and threw that hit down. And, and for me, that felt like a clean version of what Bob uh, Brian Cox did years ago when somebody decked Pete Stoyanovich. This was the clean version of that. This was somebody hitting somebody to the whistle, and he got flagged for it for unnecessary roughness. I don't give a damn. Good for him, but, you know, coming in and making an aggressive play, not a dirty play. And there's a huge difference. So for me, I have zero issue with that. And that's what that's one of the things that buoys this really from a B plus to an A minus. And the other thing I want to point out, too, is the fact that once they threw out that intermediary passing game with a couple of deep balls mixed in, all of a sudden, line issues got fixed. I, I love Jake Brendel. You know I've loved him. I, I talked about him all spring. This kid is really good, and, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens down the stretch with him. Yeah, very much. And, and yeah, you see, with Juwan James, that penalty, if it's one time and it's very out of character but shows a lot of toughness for James and the Dolphins still win the game, I'm fine with that. It was a costly penalty at the time. Don't make a habit out of it. But in this one situation, yeah, looking back, it's kind of, it was kind of good to see that toughness out of James. Juwan, just don't make a habit out of it. Paul, the defense, again, I mean, the, what else can you say? A-plus. Second, ha- <laughs> se- <yeah. laughs> second half, they shut out the Falcons. I mean, that that that's insane. I mean, I, I it, it what what blows me away is how disciplined this defense looks right now. And, and it seems like ever since you got Lawrence Timmons in there, you put in Cordrea Tankersley, that's happened. But let's look at the defensive line. I mean, they are legitimately eight deep here. I mean, it seems like players are taking turns making plays. Cameron Wake, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, five pressures in this game. Destroyed Ryan Schrader uh, all, all throughout the game. Made life tough on, on Matt Ryan. William Hayes, too, I mean, made to me one of the biggest plays in the game. It's 17-17. to 17. The Falcons have the ball second and nine. They do a sweep play to Devontae Freeman. He destroys the right tackle, Schrader, who had a tough game for an eight-yard loss. Now it's second and – now it's third and 17, and the Falcons, uh, you know, have to punt the ball away. Dolphins get it back, go go in for the game-winning score. Huge play there. But my point is, seems like they're always – taking turns stepping up, including the young guys, even Jordan Phillips now. So I, I've got to give the, the defensive line an A- minus here. I'm going solid A-plus for these guys. They they really helped set the tone ever since Miami. Uh, and we're not just going to point it at as, as Maxwell being benched and, and Tankersley coming in, but also putting those press man corners up on the ball, knocking receivers off routes a little bit, giving the D-line a little bit extra time to get to the quarterback has been huge, it, it, even if it's just a millisecond. That millisecond's the difference between slapping his hand and putting him on the turf, whether he still has the ball or not. And, and you know, Miami came up with two sacks in this game, Sue and Wake both. For me, this line is just so crazy good and so crazy deep at this point. The backup four could be starting on a lot of teams. It's how good they are. So, for me, these guys are playing at an elevated level, and it's just infectious throughout the defense. They're not having to adjust for anything. 
because Miami's short of linebackers like we saw last year or even earlier this season. Ha- having Maluga back, having Timmons back, and, and the level that they're playing at, along with the level Kiko's playing at, the whole secondary, that's allowing the defensive line to just feast and do their jobs. And they're doing damn good at it. So for me, I'm going with an A-plus yet again for these guys. I'll throw it right back to you for the linebackers. I'm going with a solid A here. I mean, Timmons and Kiko are just playing like their damn hair is on fire at this point. The play where Kiko smartly did not spike the receiver and then Timmons almost picked the ball off is such a great microcosm of how good these two are. They are around the football at all times. They they haven't managed to get a pick between the two of them yet, but they've been so damn close on so many occasions that it's coming. And, and once I think once that seal gets broken, it's going to come in, in droves, uh, which is a huge thing. And they're playing smart football. They're playing fantastic against the run. Uh, if you take out that one 44-yard run by Freeman, they, they pretty much eliminated Atlanta's really super potent run game here. And, and they were monsters against the pass as well, so they didn't sacrifice anything at all. So big kudos to them. Uh, I'm going with a solid A. Yeah, the one rough matchup I saw in the second quarter was Ray Maluga trying to tackle Tevin Coleman, with one of the fastest backs in the league. That takes the grade down a little bit for me, but still doesn't take away the overall value. I mean, here's an interesting stat that I looked at with the with the box scores. So Devontae Freeman and, and Tevin Coleman, 18 carries for 100 yards. Pretty healthy yards per carry average there. But if you take out one drive, which was their second touchdown drive to go up 17 nothing, they where they had, what, four carries for 61 yards in that drive? You take out that, the rest of the game, you're talking about 14 carries for 39 yards. They They did a great job against the run other than really that one drive. I mean, that's 2.8 yards of carry that I'm talking about there other than that one drive. So, yeah, I mean, Timmons, I can't say enough about the impact he's made. I I didn't think it'd be at all possible. I I didn't like the signing, but he's come back just recharged. Kiko continues to to play so much better with somebody next to him. Linebacker and D-tackle, to me, are two positions that have gone from a big problem a big worry for the Dolphins in the present and the future to one where I'm feeling really good about them now and for the future. So I'm going to give them an A minus. I'm also going to give an A minus to the secondary. So I'm going to go A minus really here across the board. Uh, Xavier Howard, you know, I have a hard time beating the guy up a lot in this game because he was on Julio Jones for most of the game and Julio Jones was pretty much contained. The only one that you can complain about is was that, 40-yard uh, pass to uh, to Ronell Hall in the second quarter that put the Falcons up 10 to nothing, uh, which was clearly his fault. But So he, he doesn't win more than he loses, that's for sure. But I thought he did a decent job. You know, Rashad Jones and Tankersley, we've talked about, you know, can't say enough good things about them. Nate Allen actually wasn't piss poor in this game. Bobby McCain seems to be getting better in the slot, too. Can't wait to see what happens when T.J. McDonald returns because, man, oh, man, is this going to be a deep secondary if the Dolphins can stay healthy. I'm going to go with an A-minus, Paul. Yeah, I'm going to take a little different tact on one thing that you mentioned there. When I watch back on the, on the replay, Nate Allen is really somebody I blame even more than Xavier Howard uh, on that long touchdown play to Hall. Uh, watching it back, watching the, the end zone angle, looking back at the field, Nate Allen, for some reason, watched Hall run past him and then ran forward to cover a receiver that was already 
super well covered at that point and just let Hall run deep right past him. Like he almost tagged him on the way by just to say hi. And meanwhile, you see Xavier and Howard kind of do a look around like, where the hell is my help? So for me, that's a complete and total blown coverage by Allen. And that does drag the grade down a little bit for me. Fortunately for Allen, everybody around him was so good. The fact that Tankersley and Rashad Jones combined to seal the win for Miami when Atlanta looked to be driving. I I can go with an A here, but, God, I I can't wait for T.J. McDonald to get in there because I'm tired of Nate Allen. Throw Michael Thomas in, throw Walt Aikens in. Uh, I mean, at least Nate's not Bakari Rambo. He was better this game, but better isn't good enough, especially given the talent around him. Because if you've got guys covering the hell out of everybody – and then you've got one guy that's just blowing the coverages. For me, it's a no-brainer at this point. Special teams, you know, a really good day for for special teams. I mean, Cody Parkey can't can't kick an extra point, but uh, they actually made all of them here in this game. But, you know, again, the, the guy nails two major kicks, one that ties the game, one that puts the Dolphins up. So you can't say enough good things about him. Uh, Matt Hawk uh, punted it twice. They were both nice-looking. Uh, Jakeem Grant, it was the first game. I didn't want to slap him on a, on a punt return. And, you know, the coverage units were good. So it's, it's hard to argue with anything that they did here. If you give them an A-. Good for Cody Parkey going two for two on those extra points there. I mean, that's a big day there. <laughs> no, I mean, in all, ser- all seriousness, though, I mean, whatever his extra point issues were this year, maybe he wasn't used to them and was out of practice given Miami's issues in the first few games. He will continue to boom the ridiculously long field goals like they're nothing. And that shows me that whatever issues having with extra points is fixable. As far as Jakeem Grant goes, you know, when he didn't fair catch that with the guy in his face, I I immediately had a quick moment of like, what are you doing? But the move that he put on that guy, I know he only got eight yards on that punt return, but that nifty little move, he, he O-laid that man and managed to streak for an additional eight yards. Sometimes those eight yards are the thing that makes all the difference in a game. So I know it was just one return, but God, great job on that one. Uh, for me, I, I can go with, uh, I'm going to go with a B plus here. I think our coverage units were very good. I loved that tackle at the 11-yard line on the kickoff. That was amazing for me. And, you know, you don't see guys get tackled at the 11 very often on a kickoff where there was no issue handling or fielding the ball. So it's big B-plus here, and that's not a negative. So, you know, our grades seem to be going up every week, especially on defense. So let's look at the game in its entirety. Who gets your game ball? It'd be easy to give it to Rashad Jones here. It really would. An actual runner-up for me here would potentially even be Jake Brendel, based on what we've already talked about. But I have to give it to Cordrea Tankersley. It's given what he, the defense has become since he stepped on that field and, and really started playing press man like we've been screaming for, given his rapid development that no one expected. I, I've got to give it to Tankersley here. Bravo there. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would have been one of my two. I mean, he's just continuing to emerge. Yeah, I'm, I'll go the safe route, and I'll say James Jaya. I mean, uh, to be the rock again and, and to put the game away in the fourth quarter like he did, man, he's hard to tackle in the fourth quarter. And you know, 130 yards, This it's a second 100-yard performance here. You give him just even moderate holes, the guy is going to destroy defenses. Might go to the game. You know, it's, it's hard to pick one this game. You know, there's only a handful of players you can point to and say that they really had a bad game. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Jay Cutler. Um, you know, it's I, I, I feel like the team really did win in spite of him, but he, he did what he had to do in the second half. I mean, I can't ignore the fact that I thought one interception could have easily been four, 64 yards in the first half. And then in the second half, yeah, I mean, he played better, but still we're only talking about, an, uh, what, 85, 90 yards passing uh, in the second half. You know, I, I, I thought if without a dominant defensive performance, this is a game the Dolphins lose by 10 to 14, and, and then I'm really pointing the finger at him. So I've got to go with Cutler again. I thought about going Cutler, and if you asked me at the end of the first half, easily would have pointed the finger at Cutler and said, I, I don't even have to say anything. But for me, I'm going to go with Nate Allen here, given the fact that he, he blew a big coverage yet again in this game, and the rest of the defense is playing so well and so up around him, and he still can't manage to make it work. He's, he's continually, when he's at his best, he's a non-factor. When he's at his worst, he, he's allowing big plays so for me he's he's got to easily be the the go to the game and like i said before i'm ready for that tj mcdonald experiment to get going yeah not not too many more games away from that uh things get interesting from here on out paul we'll be here to cover the jets game next week and grade it thereafter you're listening here to on the fence side with cat and paul pickman follow us on facebook twitter spreaker itunes youtube and on iHeartRadio. radio if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side it's on the fifth side it ain't the left side or the right side and it must be the fifth side it ain't the left side or the right side and it must be the fifth side listen fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do.